Voyageurs de la Terre à la Lune, bienvenue à bord. Veuillez baisser votre harnais de sécurité et garder bras et mains à l'intérieur de la navette pendant toute la durée du voyage. La mise à feu est imminente. Welcome aboard, space travelers. Please lower your harness and keep your hands and arms inside the vehicle at all times. Prepare for blast off. Welcome to episode two of the Magical Disneyland Paris podcast, all things magical and Disneyland Paris. I am Andrew Williamson and I am joined by Simon West. Hello. Each Magical Disneyland Paris podcast will have a different focus, be it an attraction, restaurant or special element of the Disneyland Paris world. This episode will focus on Space Mountain, past, present and future. We will also hand over to you, the listener, and look out for your views and opinions. So Simon... It's been a couple of weeks now since our first podcast. It has um, indeed. It has. It feels like it re- went really quickly as well to me. It's, yeah, it's been busy. It's been very busy. It's good to be back to this though. Oh yeah, it gives us a focus for like it puts our minds into something a better use really, isn't it? It does. Space Mountain's much more important than anything else. Let's be honest. Anything in the real world, not a patch on Space Mountain. It started off with I've called it on here the original plan. Um, originally, Space Mountain was going to be known as Discovery Mountain. Were you aware of that, Simon? I was, yes. Yeah, this is a fun little backstory. It is. Um, Discovery Mountain was not only going to be Space Mountain itself, but it was also going to be a variety of other attractions as well. Uh, it was going to include exhibits and restaurants. Um, I think we were going to see Nautilus inside the mountain. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, from um, I've got a picture actually. A picture paints a thousand words, so hopefully I can paint a few hundred words just to make this picture look good. It was from uh, Disney and more, so if you search on the internet, you'll find it no problem. It's kind of a really futuristic kind of dome, and inside there we've got the Nautilus. There's all sorts of tables and chairs, lights, and there's all sorts of... Uh, well, the Hyperion Videopolis is there as well, the Hyperion ship. It's kind of protruding out over a walkway. Um, so it, the plans initially were so magnificent. It's just a shame that we didn't have the money because of the start that Disneyland had to put that into action, actually. Yeah, they were, well, I mean, let's be honest, it's quite an ambitious plan. I think the other thing was going to be that they'd have the roller coaster, you know, Space Mountain itself, they'd have that above your heads. So you'd sort of be wandering around, you'd be in the restaurant, you'd be looking around Nautilus, and then there'd be a roller coaster above your heads, which to me sounds like a fantastic idea, but maybe this one was a little bit too fanciful. Yeah, um, like it's real. It's a really big shame that it didn't go ahead because obviously we're like big tech geeks and we love roller coasters. So to see the workings of Space Mountain, now obviously it would have changed the whole effect uh, to what we've got today and to what we've had in previous years. But yeah, just looking at the imagery and the Imagineers' ideas, it was so amazing. Discovery Mountain, as it was going to be known would have been connected to Videopolis via some walkways. Again, if you look at the actual side of Videopolis, it's not the front where the ship is, it's down the side towards the uh, Star Tours ride. There's actually two really big, giant circular windows. Now, they were there as part of this grand scheme for Discovery Mountain, Space Mountain, and they were going to connect walkways to Space Mountain itself. It's one of those little hidden secrets that probably most of the regular guests to Disneyland Paris and to Discoveryland won't even know the reason why. So if you look up as you're near the uh, X-Wing TIE Fighter, uh, you will see these giant windows, which would have been walkways. Have you noticed those before, Simon? I haven't, actually. No, I haven't. I think, though, we've got to think there's a little bit of hope. They're there. Maybe this can still happen one day. Who who knows? Could they do it in six months? 
Or is that something <laughs> we'll discuss later <laughs> on? Oh, we can dream. <laughs> you can still see the Discovery Mountain letters and logos. Probably not as much as you could have done when it first originally opened, but I'm sure, having a look on the internet um, in the last few weeks when I was doing the research for this podcast, there's still a few images. So if uh, any of our listeners out there are in the park in the next few weeks before our next podcast, if you wanted to take some pictures, send us them via podcast at magicaldlp.co.uk. It'd be great to put them on our website just to see exactly if there's any Discovery Mountain leftovers, even though it never actually was known as Discovery Mountain. You will also see uh, DM written, the initials DM written in certain places around the Space Mountain building, and that's a little throwback to when it was initially going to be called Discovery Mountain. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, Hidden Mickey, isn't it? It's now trying to find the hidden DM. <laughs> the hidden Discovery Mountain, yeah. yeah. On the original ride, when it originally opened as De La Terre a La Lune, as far as I'm aware, the cars, the actual uh, ride vehicles, still had the DM for Discovery Mountain on the side of them. That's interesting, because if that's true, then they didn't change the trains when they did Mission 2, so that they should still be there. That is actually, yeah. I haven't noticed and I've not heard anybody mention it recently, um, so I'm, they must have changed something, either the paneling or, or they've changed, maybe it was a sticker maybe on the side, I'm not sure. Mm. Um, well, there we are. If you're in Disneyland Paris soon and you want a fun challenge, whip out your smartphone next time you're boarding uh, Space Mountain and see if you can snap us a picture of a DM. We need to think of a prize to give out, but uh, we won't promise anything. We'll have a, we'll have a think <laughs> of that in the future. Just like every attraction at Disney, it uh, doesn't matter which park we're looking at in Walt Disney World or in uh, Tokyo or the, the future parks around the world, every attraction has a storyline. Could you tell us a little bit about the storyline for Space Mountain? Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, the problem is here, I am going to go off on a little bit of a rant, so stop me if I do. That's the fine. original storyline is based on Jules Verne's classic tale, De la Terre à la Lune, which I don't speak French, so I'm going to call it From the Earth to the Moon from here on out. And that's basically the idea that you could get someone to the moon by loading a train or some sort of projectile into a cannon and just blasting them at the moon. Which, I mean, I don't know why NASA didn't think of that. It sounds perfectly logical to me. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's the backstory to uh, Space Mountain. So the original uh, 1995, original Space Mountain, that you know, really did stick with that idea. You were getting launched to the moon, you went through sort of an asteroid field, and you ended up, you saw the moon. Um, nowadays, in Mission 2... We're not going to the moon? No one's really sure where you're going with Mission 2. No, it seems edge to of be, the galaxy, Yeah, bla- blasting away to the edge of the universe, as far as I'm aware. Uh, going through a uh, meteor... Well, like you said, going through like an asteroid again. Uh, and we get to see the supernova as well, don't we? We do. And that's pretty, but I w- I'd rather be at the moon. I sort of feel like there's... It's, Mission 2's missing something. It's missing that sort of, where the hell are we actually going? <laughs> So yeah, um, going back to the original story of the original Space Mountain, uh, the ride, the, on the attraction, the riders were travelling into complete, total darkness, past huge meteorites, through a huge space mining machine, into the core of a melting asteroid as well. And it all had the same goal as the original story. Uh, opening in 1995, Space Mountain De La Terre à la Lune was actually the fastest of the five versions of the ride. It's the only one as well to include inversions. Which it has three of. That's the Sidewinder, the Corkscrew and the Cubback, I think. That's, uh, I couldn't name the three inversions. I know it's got three, I can't name them though. Well, there you go, I've just named them for you. Amazing. It was, it was also the first roller coaster to feature an onboard music track as well. 
And that's yeah, something there's... a lot of fans really enjoy. They have the original Space Mountain onboard track, don't they? Yeah, there's a fantastic documentary that the BBC did uh, in partnership with Disneyland Paris, and it's you can find it on YouTube, and they go into a lot of detail about basically the stress that they went through trying to put this synchronised audio track on. And I mean, realistically, if you went on Space Mountain and there wasn't this audio track there, it wouldn't be the same. It needs it. It's the thing that really sets it apart from any other roller coaster, almost in the world, really. This fantastic audio track. We need it. And they worked hard to get it. Yeah, I watched that again last night just as a refresher before this podcast, and it's amazing the amount of detail and the amount of hard work and the amount of passion they put into making it work correctly. Because obviously they needed to they needed to sync the cars, um, the trains. Obviously we're running three or four trains on the same track as well. Need to make sure the start at the exact same point of the ride each time. So it's it's really it's fascinating to watch how they actually put that together. I also like maybe this is just a tech geek thing that they were sat there going, oh, flash memory, it's the new thing, it's fantastic. And of course, yeah. twenty years down the line, we're flash memory, whatever. <laughs> yeah, talking about solid state drives and just the size <laughs> of the memory on there. They were like, well, they were buzzing about it, weren't they? Really? Oh, honest, they loved that. It, it makes sense as well for it to be obviously if they were to use CD or they were using tape, then that would not have worked, and we would not have had the uh, onboard music as we know it today. So it's kind of Disney putting their Im- in imaginations and their imaginarium brain into use, thinking how can we use this new technology and put it into a ride. Definitely. Two decades ago, I mean, that was properly new technology. And we'll come on to this later, but I'm sure that when we get an update next year, rumoured, rumoured update next year, we're going to have some new technology again, I really hope. Fingers crossed for that one. I mentioned in our last episode that I never actually managed to ride the um, original Space Mountain. But looking back at the dates, this closed in 2005. And I went there as a student, as I mentioned last time, in like 2002, 2003. So I obviously did uh, ride the original one. But as I wasn't such a big Disney fan then, or Disneyland Paris fan, that kind of memory didn't stick in my mind. All I can remember is Space Mountain being the first ever roller coaster I actually ridden. Um, and it was because it was in the dark. So the fascination of the thrill of the ride in the dark. And the main thing for me was not knowing where I was going and... Uh, because it was in the dark and I couldn't see it, even though it probably was scarier, as that's something you mentioned in your latest article, Simon. Little plug for you there. <laughs> for me, in my mind, I was kind of thinking, right, it's in the dark. I'm going to go on this because I won't see where I'm going. And I'll, if I like it, fair enough. I'll love it. I'll go on more roller coasters, and that'll be great. If I didn't like it, then I haven't seen where I was going, and it won't be too bad either. Um, but yeah, luckily I loved it. I can't remember really anything from my first ride on it, just because it was the first ever roller coaster. So the thrill of just being on a roller coaster was enough for me. I, I mean, I can remember what my first roller coaster was, but I can't remember anything about it. I can just remember that I did it. I think you're so terrified at the time. Just nothing goes in. Yeah, so that's one. If I could go back in a time machine, and uh, I would, one of the things I would love to do would be to ride the original Space Mountain again, just so I could actually take things in and remember. Because I think our main focus and something we can both talk passionately about will be the present day. Um, so I think it's a good time to move on to that now. So that opened in 2005, and if we look at the calendar, it's only going to last now until well the beginning of January 2015. So there's not many months left to ride. Space Mountain Mission 2. The journey now takes riders, like we mentioned before, it's past the moon now, it's to the very edge of the universe, the solar system, we're not quite sure. Um, the, the moon was replaced by the supernova, um, we've got also we've got 
features like the uh, trains are now fired from the bottom of the cannon, uh, whereas originally they were fired a bit further up. Uh, yeah, so I think what happened originally, you went into the cannon, uh, sort of where you get launched from now, uh, then you got moved up again, and then you got launched, which seems a bit strange to me, being that I've, I've only ever been on it, you go into the cannon, you get launched. Yeah, that, and I, wouldn't, I don't know if that was, two a, stages. was it a technical reason, I wonder, uh, hopefully somebody knows the answer to that, we'll have to look into that one. Or maybe, yeah, maybe there was something they couldn't do, uh, or they couldn't control the speed if it was going from further down the back of the cannon. It definitely would have lacked something not being able to fire from the like right at the bottom of the cannon. Because even when you're in a real cannon or a real gun, you're not firing the bullet from just a little bit near the tip, are you? You won't get the power, so uh, yeah, it kind not. of adds to the, the the real effect, if you like, going right yeah. to the back of the uh, back of the cannon. Well, what you have at the minute, you've got you get loaded into the cannon, and then I think if you're the train at the, the car at the front, you should be able to look to your left, and then the little hatch will open, and you should be able to take a look out onto Discovery Land just before you get fired out. Um, while we're on that, actually, uh, one thing we forgot to mention earlier was that the initial plan when it's going to be Discovery Mountain, there was going to be the big cannon there, but you'd have uh, a sort of a hatch on the front of the cannon uh, that would open. Uh, hatch at the back of the cannon, I mean, uh, for the train to go in. So the hatch would open, the train would then get loaded into the cannon, and everyone would be able to watch that. Oh, wow. Um, they couldn't really work that out <laughs> technically, though. I mean, to be honest, they can't right now, 20 years down the line. We don't have the proper cannon recoiling all the time, and we don't have the hatch opening all the time. No, that's true. Let alone yeah. a hatch opening to actually get into the damn cannon. So maybe, maybe that's why. It's a nice idea. Maybe that's why they're going to take six months to refurb it because they want to try and get that working properly. That would be fantastic if they did. Yeah, um, we're all over the place tonight, but um, something from the original Space Mountain, which I hope, um, well, it's a shame they haven't got it the present day, is what's called the Stellaware, which was an observation walkway that tunnelled through the inside of the mountain at ground level. Um, It was used for people who, well, anybody who were interested in the roller coaster to begin with, uh, but also people who weren't brave enough to actually ride the attraction, they had the chance to walk through, like a little walkway, uh, so they could see through the windows and they could see the roller coaster, they could see some of the uh, like the effects in the actual big belly of the, the attraction itself. Yeah, uh, I think I went on this when I was very young. I mean, I was about seven when the original Space Mountain closed. Um, but I think I can remember going into this uh, stellar way, as they called it. Uh, you couldn't see a whole lot because it was dark but you could sort of see you could see stars and occasionally you could see the train was passed and you could definitely feel the rumbling around the whole building which is terrifying <laughs> yeah so if you weren't scared enough making your walk through there before you went on the ride yeah probably didn't help much <laughs> um yeah that because that closed down uh, when fast pass was introduced so they did they've, yeah they used that entrance as the fast pass yeah so they've boarded it all up now um, I don't really feel it's something that's going to be uh, put back into the uh, the new version, if we're going to call it that. No, um, I, can't, I can't imagine it will be. Partly because I can't really imagine it looking that fantastic. That's true, yeah. It's just going to be... If you can see anything, you'll just be seeing a lot of track and a, the occasional whoosh of a, a roller coaster train going past. Um, if there were more effects, then possibly worthwhile, but again, that's going to change the whole feel of the attraction, isn't it? Part of the... Part of the uh, the good part of Space Mountain is the fact that there's only little bits every now and then, and the feeling of it going through the dark, uh, through space. So we don't want to change the whole uh, story of it just to fit in a little uh, walkway. Yeah. 
Kathy uh, Fantasia, when I was doing my research, Kathy Fantasia, our friend on Twitter, um, he posted on magicforum.eu a couple of years ago now. Uh, he said it was really magical being able to look out into space and to see the trains looping and whooshing by like ribbons in the sky. Oh, that's beautiful. That's poetic. I, I, had, to, I had to put that quote in there just because, oh. like you say, it was so poetic. Lovely. It probably makes it sound better than it actually was anyway. <laughs> but obviously... Like ribbons swooshing through the sky. Yeah. I like that. We'll have to see if we can use that somewhere else. Mm, uh, we'll work that in. <laughs> so, yeah, um, another change to Mission 2... Uh, which is a bone of contention with a lot of uh, hardcore Disneyland Paris and Space Mountain fans, is the fact that they changed the soundtrack as well. Uh, a new futuristic soundtrack was written by Michael Giacchino. And, I can't uh, speak Italian. Don't ask me to try that one. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to tell me if I was wrong, but we'll go with that anyway. Um, but yeah, it's again, changing the soundtrack was something that a lot of fans uh, weren't happy about, were they? No, they weren't. They weren't happy about it. Um... You can listen to both the soundtracks if you go on YouTube, if you don't remember them. Um, the original one was sort of an orchestral score like you'd hear in a in a film. Obviously, Mission 2, we've got this sort of techno track going on the base of the theme. So it's it's got a lot more pace to it. It's definitely a lot more modern. Obviously, yeah, I've not been on the original one, uh, same as you, so I, I can't really say. But there's something in me that says the original one just doesn't sound right for a roller coaster. Really? I can see what you mean with that, and I hope we don't make uh, enemies for ourselves by saying this, but um, maybe it's because of the quality of the recording, and maybe it did sound a lot different when you were on the, the train, and you got the uh, the sound of the metal on metal, and the, the uh, other effects that are going on, and the big boom, and stuff like that. From watching Shoot From The Moon, the BBC One documentary, um, when they were testing the track, just the first couple of notes kind of sent it actually sent shivers down my spine even though i don't associate that with being on the ride uh so i'll probably disagree with what you're saying there actually simon actually that's a fair point the original track uh it started playing as soon as you left the station whereas today what we have is you start leaving the station you go through that sort of u bend in the tunnel uh, and then you get i think it's what some sort of French space control saying, you know, get ready for launch. Yeah. Which it's not the same as an orchestral score just sort of blaring out as soon as you leave the station. That's yeah. that's one thing that I, I will miss. But I think the the point that I'm trying to make really is that once you once you're inside, once you're doing the loops and the corkscrews and everything, I think you need something with the pace, that sort of the techno bit of the of the mission two theme. Because oh, the, the the first theme's beautiful. It's you know it's gorgeous, but I, I don't know. I, I feel like I want something pacey and well, yeah, because you don't want to you don't want to be sitting back and relaxing while some nice spacey music goes around and you're hurtling around in the space trying to find your way through meteorites. You don't want it to be. If you're watching a film, you probably wouldn't have you still you would still use an orchestral sound, but you wouldn't have it as slow paced and I don't know. Yeah, I can see what you mean. Um, but I, I think it would make a lot of fans happy if they were to bring back the original track. Oh, I think so. We'll get onto that later, though. Yeah, we'll yeah, we'll, that. we'll jump in the gun, we'll jump in the gun. Um, I think the major, major part of the current Space Mountain Mission 2, probably only in the last few years it's came about, but it's the actual, like, how uncomfortable a lot of the time it is to ride. Yeah. That's, um, it's a big problem. Whenever I've spoken to people, when I'm at the parks, um, when we take students, everyone is the same. Now, they all enjoy the ride, and they, they ride it again and again and again. 
and they get fast passes and they try and uh, get themselves in there as many times as they can during a visit. But every time they come off, they're always complaining about they've got sore necks or they've, um, yeah, because of the, the harness pushing down on the shoulders. And it, a lot of them, even a couple of days later, or they're traveling home, they'll say, Oh, I'm still aching, and it's probably from Space Mountain. So it's something that it probably puts a lot of people off, actually. I think so. Um, one of the things that I should say here, I've read on Twitter people saying, oh, it's, it's because the Imagineers have done a really crap job engineering it. It's not. It's, you know, if you think about the way physics works, when you try and squeeze a roller coaster that's, I think, two and a half minutes long into a building that's the same size as Space Mountain, it's going to be really tight. It's going to be really compact. You know, most roller coasters take up a, an area, what, three times the size of that to be that long. So it's it's inevitable it's going to be tight, and when you know when you've got a tight roller coaster, it's going to hurt. There's going to be a lot of g forces going on. Yeah, and again, it, to me, it adds to the ride as well. Like obviously, I don't want to be in pain, and I don't want um, people to be injuring themselves or to be aching um, when, once they've ridden the attraction. But it adds kind of it adds something to it. It's like um, I've, again reading some comments that I've seen on Twitter and just from discussions with other Disneyland Paris fans, if you were travelling to the moon or past the moon throughout the rest of the solar system, it wouldn't be a comfortable ride, would it? Oh, no, you'd, you'd feel it. <laughs> you definitely would feel some G-force, and you probably would have a lot of pr- pressure and strain in your neck. So as long as, and I'm sure it is safe, because obviously they, they do checks every single day, and it wouldn't be allowed to uh, carry on if it was unsafe or if it was making anybody like like really injured. Um, I think it's just something, obviously, it would be nice if it was a little bit more comfortable because um, you don't want to be banging your head and coming off your bad heads and stuff like that. But if you, it's, I think it's part of the ride, isn't it? It's part of the attraction. I think so. I mean, it would be like getting off the end of Indiana Jones and not being a, a little bit shake, shaken up. It's just, it's part of it. Yeah, but again, listening to that feedback, I'm sure it's something that they're going to th- um, think about when they uh, come to do the refurb and when they close it in January. Well, yeah. I mean, I think they need to, really. I mean, if we sat here and we said, oh, it should be like actually going into space, then we'd be saying, okay, 80% chance of death on this ride. <laughs> My wife uh, had some earrings in uh, when she was on Space Mountain, so it's her fault, actually. I'll blame her for this one. Did she finish with the earrings on? She did, but there was also blood coming out of, well, not out of her ears, but on the side of her ears. On the oh, dear. Um, so I'm going like to say it's her fault for it. She shouldn't be wearing those earrings anyway. But yeah, because of the side to side and all the different inversions and the loops and stuff like that, her head was banging left and right, side to side. And it wasn't like pouring blood or anything like that, but yeah, it just pierced the uh, side of her neck. So a little bit of blood was trickling down. But again, that's something with the head, the harness over the head and the, the headrest where it is and the type of ride it is. That's something that... It's just kind of, you just you need to prepare for it, don't you? You need to make sure you're not wearing any jewellery or anything that's going to fly out and hit somebody else. Yeah, I think the moral of the story, though, actually, hearing all this is maybe maybe they do need new trains. Yeah, um, if they weren't, if they were, well, we, we kind of think they are going to do that, but if they weren't sure, and hopefully if they listen to our podcast this time, uh, they might decide, well, maybe we should get some new trains put on the Space <laughs> Mountain. It's time to invest, yeah. <laughs> um. Before we before we move on, because obviously we've we've said that you and I love Space Mountain Mission Two so much, we could talk about it for days. We'll try not to. Um, what's your sort of your favourite moment in Space Mountain? Ah, right. I think it's a difficult well, one, isn't it? Yeah, it is because I kind of all the little elements together kind of make what what Space Mountain is amazing as I feel it is. 
Um, it's got to be the, the start of the ride. Um, not not the bit where you get a photograph taken when you're going down the little hill. And I, I still don't know why people scream at that point. Anyway, no, it's, <laughs> if you're scared of that bit, you know, you've got another thing coming. Yeah, so you leave the station and you, you go around the little corner and you drop down underneath the walkway, which is actually the exit um, to one of the platforms. Yeah, and the, when the when the camera's taking the on-ride photograph, you get so many people. I don't know if they make, they're taking the mickey out of, of, of other people or they actually are physically scared, but the amount of screams you get when you go down a little lump and you kind of think, you, you have not, you've not felt anything yet. Just wait, <laughs> hold, your, hold your horses until this has started shooting us up this cannon. Yeah, my favourite part's got to be the launch from the cannon. Uh, just because, um, like I said, just the rush of it going up. Because you could, you could say something similar to uh, Rock and Roller Coaster as well, which we're not going to talk about today. But just because it's, it's the only one that's vertical launch, well, not vertical completely, but you know what I mean, uh, an incline up an incline. Yeah. Uh, launch up an incline and then straight down back into Space Mountain. I think that's my favourite part. Yeah. What about you then? Well, it's it's funny that you should pick the start of the ride because my favourite bit's actually the end. I mean, assuming that, you know, my brain's in place by the end of it. There's so, there's a fantastic bit of, like, badass music. When you come back into the station and, you you know, the whole train's there, everyone's got windswept hair, everyone's been shaken around a lot. Yeah. But you know you've just been on Space Mountain and it's the coolest feeling just rolling back into the station with everyone waiting to go on and you're sat there like, yep, just been on Space Mountain. <laughs> I love that feeling. That's that's so good. Uh, yeah, I would agree with you on that one, especially the hair part as well. Cause my hair isn't that long, um, but you, even with short hair, you kind of feel, wow, my hair has been blue about. Oh, yes. You um, you know you've done something cool. You've, you've got tears rolling down your face. And, you know, you're not, <laughs> it's not crying, it's just the uh, the wind and... Yeah, it's one of the again. That's why I didn't want to pick the end because I don't want it to end. But I can totally agree with why you would you would like that bit as well. Well, the solution is just to go through the exit, walk around, go back into the entrance. Yeah, <laughs> and then it never ends. Never exit the ride. That actually happened um, again when well, must have been about five or six years ago now. Because uh, obviously, when I normally go to Disneyland Paris, it's in March with the students from the sixth form I teach at. Um, so it's not. Like, well, it's a low month, really, and we go. We do go at the weekend, um, but one of the di- one of the evenings, um, this was before Disney Dreams, uh, but there was still a lot of people interested in the uh, parades and what was happening at the castle with the fireworks, etc. Uh, there was not a, there was no queue at all for Space Mountain, and I mean, it wasn't even a five minute wait. It it basically the queue was as fast as you could run back through the uh, queue area again. Um, and then one yep. guy, one cast member, he kind of said, look, you've done it four or five times now. There's, no, <laughs> there's nobody else here. So he just said, just go through that fast pass gate. It'll take you half as long to get to the ride instead of like, having to go through all the barriers and stuff like that. So we managed it's, to do Space Mountain about six or seven times in one go, really. It's funny you should mention that because basically the same thing happened to me one morning during Extra Magic Hours. I've been there. I've done that. Yeah. You feel... You feel to start with, you feel naughty because you think, well, I shouldn't really be going through this way. Um, but they've learnt your face ob- after a while. Yeah. They, just, they just put you on a ride. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> him again. Shall we move on to the future? We shall indeed. Now, I've, on my plan, it, it sounds like we haven't got much of a plan, and trust me, we have got a plan. Um, we've on, just not followed it. We've got a plan, no, we but just, yeah, we've just mine's, improvised. Mine went out the window weeks ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, my plan just says, the future, Simon West. So I'm in no man's land now. Take it away. Right. Okay. This is my department. So 
we don't we don't really know what the future's going to be. Actually, Disney's always really tight-lipped about changing anything about new attractions. I mean, we didn't know anything about Ratatouille basically until it opened. Um, <laughs> And I assume this is going to be the same thing again. We know that it closes sort of indefinitely on the 12th of January. They've said that on the calendar. What we assume is going to happen is that it will reopen in about end of June, maybe early July. Um, I know three bits of information that we've got from at Disneyland Berry, who if you're interested in Disneyland Paris, make sure you follow at Disneyland Berry because they give some fantastic sort of insight. Uh, sort of things and they've said three things the first thing is that we're going to get new trains which we've we've just spent like 20 minutes discussing so yeah, i def- really hope we do get new trains definitely a must um if you go onto every forum every twitter account every fan website i think everybody's under the same uh agreement there that it needs to be a new train um obviously as well technology moves on as we were mentioning about solid disk drives before i'm sure uh, well, I'm hoping that they'll have onboard music again on, if they do have new trains, but they'll they'll probably introduce new technology, new digital speakers, and all sorts of different uh, um, bits of technology that we could use and gadgetry to bring it up into the 21st century as well. So a train, I definitely feel, is definitely a must. Oh, I think so. The other things that they want to do with the train, so I think it's, it's a company called Vekoma that make uh, all this stuff. They're one of the like two companies in the world that makes roller coasters. Um, and they've got this new train that's got, I don't know whether it's got like suspension over the wheels or something, but it's supposed to be sort of shock absorbent, uh, so it should give a more comfortable ride. The other thing is the over-the-shoulder restraints. Um, they're going to upgrade them to a new style where they're hydraulically powered, I think, yeah. so you can pull them down, you can lock them in any position. It doesn't just work by a ratchet, because right now you sit in, I'm really thin, so I sort of I pull it down a lot, but then even sort of quite a long way down you've got a lot of space between yourself and the harness but with yeah. this new harness bring it down wherever you want and then you should be comfortable so yeah that, that's something again like i mentioned about new technology that is something that obviously when they originally built space mountain it wasn't available so we had the best that they had at the time um but yeah like being able to adjust your your harness it's something that's it would make such a different as well, difference as well, wouldn't it? Because obviously, it's just a little thing, but definitely. I mean, we've spent twenty minutes talking about how uncomfortable it is, so just a tiny change like that will help things. And I'm sure that would bring more repeat riders as well. Because if somebody's ridden Space Mountain for the first time, and it's been the last couple of years, and they're already a bit unsure about roller coasters anywhere, that might have been the difference of them going right. I'm not going there again, and because of that, I don't want to go on rock and roller coaster because I don't know what that's going to be like, and it could be like a chain reaction, couldn't it? So, yeah. So bring it, like I say, it's probably it sounds so simple, but obviously they need to read they've needed to redesign and bring up like brought in a new train uh, system completely to do that. But just being able to adjust for the height and for your body shape, body size. It's going to make it a lot more comfortable for a lot of guests. Yeah, I don't want to sidetrack, but in case you are sat here listening and you're thinking, oh, God, you know, I've been on Space Mountain, it's really uncomfortable, so I didn't go on Rock and Roller Coaster or any of the other roller coasters, they're so much more comfortable, honestly. I promise you, Rock and Roller Coaster is not uncomfortable in the slightest. It's a. I was talking earlier about Space Mountain being really compact. Rock and Roller Coaster has a massive show building hidden behind Walt Disney Studios. It's really comfortable in comparison, so don't... Don't freak out about roller coasters just because Space Mountain is uncomfortable. Yeah, so hopefully if anybody has um, made their mind up from going on Space Mountain, because obviously 
well, I say obviously, but as a Disneyland Paris fan, I would always go to Space Mountain first if I had a choice be- between Space Mountain and Rock and Roll. Of course, I'm sure it'd be the same for a lot of Disneyland Paris fans as well. I'd agree. Uh, so hopefully, if anybody in the future wants Space Mountain reopens, if we get a new train, if they get the new harnesses, and it's a lot more comfortable, then surely that would then mean bigger queues for all the other roller coasters, which might mean that any of the uh, other attractions that I would like to ride have a shorter queue. Well, I'd, I'd just like more roller coasters, to be perfectly honest, but we'll get onto that another time because <laughs> that's that's a whole can of worms. It is. Don't, um, don't open that one. What else, what else is rumoured to be happening? So we've got two other things. Um, the first one is that when it reopens, apparently it won't have a title. It will just be called Space Mountain. I do, uh, I'm not sure what to read into that. I, li- I like that. I would much rather that we just got Space Mountain, sort of definitive, this is it, none more, sort of, oh, in another 10 years, we'll change it. And... Yeah, no, I no, like, no, Space I like... Mountain, that's it. As soon as I heard that, I was right. Yes, I like this. doesn't need to have a title. Um, it also pleases, well, we don't know, we're just guessing at the moment, but I think it would please the fans as well, going back, because obviously Space Mountain, Although it did have the uh, original uh, title as well, didn't it? I think it's still uh, open to discussion, that one. I'm sure they've got a plan. Because uh, they, they like to have slogans, don't they, with all their attractions, Disneyland Paris, for marketing purposes. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure they'll, they'll have something to say about it. Even though the signage might just be Space Mountain, it'll probably have a little slogan that would go with it. Yeah, I mean, it's... It... Of recent times, it's actually quite unusual for Disney to be naming something without some sort of weird elongated bit at the end. I mean, say, we've just had Ratatouille open in Paris, but that's not just called Ratatouille. Sometimes it's called Ratatouille the Adventure, but actually it's got a whole really long name in French that no one can pronounce because (laughs) it goes on for pages and pages and pages if you see it written down. That's the same with most rides that Disney have been making recently, so it, it would be a little bit weird for them to just come out with Space Mountain. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see what they do with that one. And obviously, and I don't, I'm not having a good Disneyland Paris for this, but obviously making money is the game because they want to be in profit so they can re-put uh, the money back into the park for more attractions, better hotel yeah. facilities. So if they feel that having a name or having a slogan with Space Mountain um, works and it's going to bring in more tourists, then again, if it works best for the park, then I can't really argue against it. But as it looks at the moment from everything we've heard, just calling it Space Mountain. Simple, but effective, I think. Yeah, oh, well, I mean, <laughs> how, do you call it Mission 2 at the minute? I don't. I just call it Space Mountain. I mean, I've do you call never... Rock and Roller Coaster starring Aerosmith? Do you call it Rock and Roller Coaster starring Aerosmith? Or do you just drop the starring Aerosmith? Big Thunder Mountain Railroad or just Thunder Mountain? <laughs> that is true. To be honest, I actually call Rock and Roller Coaster probably just Aerosmith sometimes. Yeah, that's another way to shorten it. Um, but, again, another podcast, but will it be always known as Aerosmith? Who knows, anyway? What's... Oh, <laughs> oh, that's a big can of worms. So, Actually, it is a Marvel event today. They're launching loads of uh, new films, apparently. I've seen on Twitter a lot of um, pictures of the uh, conference happening, so, yeah, I'm sure when, we get, when I log back into Twitter later on, I'll see more about that's, that. It's going to be packed. Um, right, so the last bit of information that we have, going back onto topic, is apparently... This is in the same tweet from at Disneyland Berry as the fact that it would just be called Space Mountain. Apparently there'll be no new music. What do you think of that? It Well, again, we can read in... Uh, Disneyland Berry likes to... Obviously, we've only got so many characters on Twitter. Uh, he likes to... Or she, I'm not sure if it's male or female. But they like to leave us guessing. 
Um, At Disneyland Paris is exactly the same as well. Yeah. If anyone follows them, they're Inside both of them. They like to give us sort of little morsels of information, and then we all go insane about it. So yeah, they, well, they, they, it's like they're chucking in, like you say, they're chucking in the little worm on the fishing line, and everyone just bites and everyone goes crazy. Um, yeah. So when this one came out, everyone was discussing, well, no new music. Does that mean we're going to keep the, the music we've got now, or are we going to revert back to the original music? Again, it's something that hasn't been um, announced yet and it probably won't be until it happens. I would guess, just from, well, if they listen to fan feedback, I mean, know that um, Disneyland Paris keep a check on social media streams and websites, so I'm sure they're aware and they've passed on the message to the Imagineers that a lot of the fans do like the original score. Then I wouldn't be surprised to see the old music return. But then, I would knowing what Disneyland Paris are like, I also wouldn't be surprised if it just stayed the exact same. Yeah, I'll be honest, if I had to put my money on either side, I'd say they'd just keep the Mission 2 music, which is sort of sad. It is, yeah, although you don't like the original music anyway, so for you, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I do like the music, it's just... No, I think you, I might prefer the second I'm, one. I'm, I'm I'd sorry, need to Simon. ride it, Andrew. I'm sorry, I'd Simon. Need to ride it. I'm sorry, there you go. that's going to be down against your name forever. It is. That's a black mark. Um, Simon West does not like the original Space Mountain soundtrack. <laughs> I've got a bone to pick though here. Go on, go on. We get everyone on Twitter, Facebook, everywhere saying that they'd quite like to see a return to the original ride. They'd quite like to see a return to the original music, the original theming. Now I can agree I'd like to go back to the idea of going to the moon, bring back the sort of Blue Moon Mining Company, the real Jules Verne stuff that we talked about right at the start of this podcast. Yeah, it brings the story but, back together, doesn't it? At the moment, it's too spread out, too wide for me. The, the story's lacking something at the moment, but anyway. I've got a question, though. Is it actually acceptable for the Imagineers to turn around and say, you know what, what we did 20 years ago was better than now, let's just go back to that? Because I mean, if that's the if that's the state we're in, that's concerning. Yeah, it, it is. When you put it like that, you want everything to be moving forward all of the time, which Definitely. is which is why originally we expected. Well, we didn't expect, but we kind of guessed it would be Space Mountain Mission Free. Um, so obviously, not knowing if it's going to be called anything or just leaving it as Space Mountain, you kind of think that's when the rumors start. Oh, it's going to go back to the original one, or the fans want the original one. But like you say. There's definitely elements that they could take from the original, but then put a modern twist on it. I like it. something inspired by the original one. Yeah. But I want I want new show elements. I wouldn't mind going to Mars or something. I don't know. If, you know, just I like I like the idea of going somewhere again. Yeah, have but... it given it a focus so you know where the destination is supposed to be, rather than just we're going up there somewhere. All that would be over. like if, if you got into Star Tours and uh, the captain turned around and instead of saying, we're going to Endor, he turned around and went, you know what, I don't know where we're going, to be perfectly honest. We might end up at a Death Star. I've no <laughs> idea. It would ruin it a little bit. It would. Uh, again, this is going off topic, um, but obviously the new Star Tours, Star Tours 2, gives you the alternate like scenes, doesn't it? So you've got an alternate for the beginning, the middle, the end. So to it be does, honest, yeah. To it be just, honest, you I are believe act- it just randomizes it yeah, as you, you go along. You are actually just, you, you have no idea where you're going. <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> Sorry, dear Stump. There we are. There's there's Star Tours two. While we're at it, um, we're ticking them all off. We've got nothing left to talk about now. I've got a question though. Actually, while we're while we're still on Space Mountain, roughly, yes, bring it back. Roughly bring it back. still there. What if they ran 
both versions of the ride. So you could queue up and you could either go into From the Earth to the Moon or yeah. Mission 2. Or maybe you just got on and then one bit of music would start playing and you'd go, oh, right, I'm on Mission 2 today. Now, because they have the soundtrack on the trains, obviously that wouldn't be an issue, would it? Because you could sync... Well, you could just basically just randomise which track plays at whichever time. Well, yeah. So you could have... Well, you could even have three options, couldn't you? You could have the original, you could have this Mission 2, and then you could have a new one. Well, oh, but they're not using the new track anyway, it's rumoured. So that could be... Uh, well, that's already gone anyway, that, that idea. But, um, yeah, if, because it's so, like in the dark and you have a lot of the elements projected or lights and sound effects throughout the uh, Space Mountain itself, that is something that probably... Well, technically, it will be possible, won't it? Yeah, I, it's just... I mean, I've not heard anyone rumour that. Yeah, that's just my own thought. Is it possible? Probably. Will they do it? I doubt it, but it's it's an idea to throw out there. Yeah, it's definitely a good idea. I like the sound of that, because obviously then you've got... You've effectively got two rides in one, haven't you? Well, yeah, and I think a lot of people like Star Tours too, going back to that, because they have to ride it five or six times. Even then, they probably still haven't seen every single scene. Yeah, you can keep going back to it, and it's it's a different experience. Not hugely different, but a little bit different. It keeps that excitement there. Yeah, so I think that's something that Space Mountain probably would actually be good for. If you So every time you went on it, you didn't know whether you were shooting to the moon or to Mars or to a different planet. So obviously it would just be different colour schemes or different sound effects or different light patterns or lasers or whatever they want to introduce. In the, in the actual attraction itself. That's a good idea. I never thought of that one, Simon. Well done. Oh, thank you. Yeah, pat on the head for me. Um, in <laughs> okay. terms of show effects, now, I'm not good at second-guessing what show effects the Imagineers will put in, but the thing that they really like at the minute is projections. Um, we've already had, on the original From the Earth to the Moon, you went up that lift hill in the middle of the ride, uh, and you could see a, a moon turned around and it winked at you. Yeah. Currently, we've got the supernova exploding. They like projections. I really hope they don't have another projection there because that would be taking the mick a little bit if they do it three <laughs> times and just change the projection slide. Yeah, it's very lazy, isn't it, really? It would be. But what they really like at the minute is this technique called projection mapping. And if you've not heard of this, then Disney Dreams is projection mapping to the extreme. It's basically where instead of just projecting onto a flat surface, you can project onto a 3D surface and it's all mapped out where it'll be. And I believe they're beginning to use that technique, not just in shows like Disney Dreams, but they're beginning to use it in attractions themselves. Uh, Thunder Mountain in Florida, which is very similar to all the Thunder Mountains around the world, actually. In the third chain lift, where there's supposed to be dynamite going off and whatever, they have now they've got sparks flying up the walls, and that's all done using projection mapping techniques. So I'd love to see on that chain lift in the middle of space mountain when you're going up you're going nice and slowly i'd like to see some projection mapping coming in and if i had to put my bets on any technique that the imagineers might throw in projection mapping would do well there because i mean you're in the dark so a projection would look really good and they you know it's it's new technology yeah because when you do see the supernova i know you're going past it not like you're not going at full speed because it's just getting up to the top of the lift but you can tell that it's on a flat surface. You can. So you kind of think, oh, there's a projection of a supernova as I'm going down this list. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I say, if, if they had, depending on what their ideas were, if it was the moon again, for example, they could actually have a physical model of a Proper moon. Proper 3D moon. Yeah, and yeah. Then project it from like different projection points 
to the actual prop of the moon and you could actually have it really look like it's really moving or you could have bits coming off it or I don't know explosions or whatever you, what the idea of the story was but like you are say, you suggesting that we explode the moon Andrew well why not we're going for it. <laughs> if, if we're not going to the moon if we're going past the moon still we might as well get rid of might it might as well blow it up yeah because yeah. we're in space so we don't need the moon back on earth anymore <laughs> <laughs> this has taken a strange twist now I'm enjoying it. Let's keep going. Um, <laughs> what yeah. else should we blow up while we're at it, Andrew? We've got a uh, supernova. Now we're going to blow up the moon. This is good. Yeah, what else, do not, what else do I not like? We could we could put one of the old trains there somewhere and just blow up an old train. Just blow it up as you go past. Yeah. We could just, yeah, take anything from um, Studio Back to us, or Backlot to us, which probably won't exist for loads longer if it, if it goes the same way as in America, in uh, Walt Disney Studios, in, in America, blow it up. Hollywood Studios. Just blow it up, yeah. I think actually, if we're, if we're going to do the fan service, then what we could do is just take all of the studios park and just blow it up. <laughs> People would really like that for some sick reason. Yeah, it's a bit harsh. I do like some elements of Walt Disney Studios. We'll keep uh, some of Crush's coaster. Now that's maybe Tower of Terror. Again, going off tangent completely. That's still, that's one <laughs> attraction. Sorry, that I one was that one was my fault. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm still I still haven't managed to ride Crush's coaster yet, and I is it because the queue is outrageous? That is the only reason why. Um, it's I didn't ridiculous. do it. I didn't do it in May, even though I was there for well five five or six days. I was there for uh, well because I had my eighteen month old son, um, so I didn't want to have to put him through that or for me having to queue up on my own and my wife walking off somewhere. There uh, is a single rider queue now. Should have waited now. a few months. If I waited a few months, I probably would have went on it then actually. Uh, but hopefully, fingers crossed, when I go in March of two thousand and fifteen, because Space Mountain will be closed, I'll have to. Uh, Try out a new coaster, so I'll go on Crush's coaster. I think. And try Definitely, out- we shouldn't stay on it too long. But uh, just as a sort of top tip to anyone listening who is wondering when to go on Crush's coaster, if the queue time is forty minutes, just go on it. That's the shortest you will see it. I promise you. I've never seen it shorter than forty minutes, yeah. unless it's just been broken down or <laughs> the park's literally just open. Forty minutes. That's the shortest time. So just cut your losses. Queue for forty minutes and go on it. If it's over an hour, which it often is, leave it near the start and near the end of the day maybe during the parade at lunchtime 40 minutes that's when you go on it so but anyway sorry I've yeah. gone off on a tangent again <laughs> it doesn't matter this is how my brain works I'm surprised my students actually learned anything in my classroom <laughs> they don't they learn in Disneyland yeah that, gotta realise that, this that's what we, we take them to Disneyland yeah yeah they keep saying so how much of this trip is actually educational sir I'll say well about half an hour, and then I'll leave you while I go on all the attractions. <laughs> it's about personal development, really, isn't it? Oh, Everyone yeah. needs to go to Disneyland. Well, like I said in the last podcast, that was my first trip abroad, my trip to Disneyland Paris, and it kind of made me who I am today, got me interested in Disneyland Paris. Um, but back to Space Mountain. <laughs> blowing, blowing, After all this time. Yeah, blowing stuff up. Obviously, as I was only joking about blowing the moon up, by the way. Um, but project, projection mapping I've seen it used on small objects on big buildings like you say in dreams and that would be something that they could probably work wonders with if they'd uh, put their mind to it should we move on to listeners opinions now yeah um, I've got a couple going of back to the plan back to the actual plan yeah it means we're nearly out of things to talk about but anyway I'm sure we'll think of something uh, um, another tangent bring it on actually I'll start with this one uh, from DLP from Ireland um it says, first of all, this was actually on Twitter. Well done, guys. Great first show. 
Um, oh, talking, shucks, thank you. Talking about our introduction episode, but we didn't really talk about much, to be honest. But anyway. We talked um, about ourselves. Ourselves, yeah, big heads. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's quite, well, he, he didn't say much about Space Mountain other than that he loves the fake Latin on Space Mountain. Now, I didn't know anything about this, so I had to do some research. Nor did uh, I. And I tweeted you, didn't I? And I, I, I kind of sent you, do you know what this Latin is? Um, and you still haven't found out, have you? Uh, I think I know, actually. Oh, okay, but okay. Tell a story. This is a fun one. Don't spoil it for the listeners now. Come on. Um, so I had to search. First of all, he didn't give me the Latin. So I felt like uh, Sherlock Holmes when I had to uh, search for this. So I typed in Latin on Space Mountain Paris. Um, but yeah, on um, one of the signs... In the attraction, it says underneath uh, the Baltimore Gun Club um, logo and emblem, it says Ad Luna in Flatula Gloria. Now, it should say Ad Luna in Flamma Gloria, which is Latin for to the moon in a blaze of glory, which, as you'd probably agree, is a truly heroic tagline. For um, Sounds pretty fantastic, doesn't it? Yeah, to the moon in a blaze of glory. Just you know what? You you said that we might have a tagline this time. It could just be Space Mountain to the moon in a blaze of glory. Yeah, could I'll, be I'll, yeah there we go. We could set things on fire behind the train. Yeah, and then we could blow up the moon. <laughs> to the moon, which is a blazing fire. A blazing fire of the moon. Um, but yeah, so it says <laughs> Ad Luna in Flatula Gloria. Now, it kind of makes sense now. I've read it a few times. It actually means well, what it says there in front of every guest to the moon in a fart of glory <laughs> that's kind of what it kind of translates into yeah flatula's not really a latin word but the nearest <laughs> translation is you know obviously the sort of modern flatulence um yeah. which means fart so i'm hoping that um i am hoping that the imagineers put it in there on purpose just as a little joke i think so because let's be honest who who speaks latin these days no one's gonna look at it and go there's something funny about that no. But now every time but I it turns go, out there is. Yeah, every time I go past that sign now, I'm going to laugh and everyone's going to be, what are you laughing at? I'll say, well, read that sign. It's, I know I can, I can speak Latin. I'll tell you what it is. To the moon in a fart of glory. That would... would you that... know they used to they used to have in uh, From the Earth to the Moon, when they originally opened the ride, there was a... When you launched from the cannon, they had a massive boom sound effect, which <laughs> okay. I think they had to do away with because it was too loud and it was making people angry. Um, we could just have a massive fart noise. <laughs> Well, uh, if, if I send an email to the Imagineers, um, I'll make sure I put that one against your name. <laughs> Blowing up the moon, fart noise. This is good. Yeah, what, Mission 3 happened? by Andrew and Simon. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> it's a good thing it's not going to be called Mission 3, but from what we've heard anyway. DLP from Ireland, uh, another name check there for him. He actually sent us a iTunes review as well. Really? Oh, that's yeah. very kind. Now, if you search for it on the UK iTunes... Or anywhere else in the world, you will not find it. So if you would like to read this, now I'm going to read it for you anyway, so I'm saving you a job. But if you would like to see this, you have to enable the Irish version of iTunes. What? There's not an Irish version of iTunes. This is a joke. No, there is. There is. There's Irish. There's every country Every country you can think of, there's a version of it on iTunes. Um, but, so the reviews only stand in the individual country? Yep. That's madness. So if you search, like I say, if you search for reviews on iTunes for our podcast, the Magical Disneyland Paris podcast, if you search for that on iTunes at the moment, there's no reviews. But there is if you go through the Irish uh, iTunes. And he goes on to say, as a big fan of DLP, I am delighted to see another podcast on the subject. 
In the first episode, the hosts have set the scene for their series of podcasts, introducing themselves and letting us know what they intend to do for the next shows. Keep up the great work, and I look forward to the next episode and your discussions on Space Mountain. Lots of I hope love. after this discussion, I, I really hope they're still looking forward to the next episode. <laughs> um, all right, do you want to go on to one of your emails you've got? Okay, so we've had an email through from Sandra here. Uh, it says, and the first line I completely agree with, personally, I love Space Mountain, which is correct, quite frankly. Although the last time I was there was the end of September and myself and my husband ended up sitting at the very back, uh, which we prefer on a thrill ride anyway, she says. Um, To say the sides of my head were sore is an understatement. My head got banged around so much I had a headache for most of the day afterwards. Sad face. We've been on the ride quite a lot uh, as we've been to DLP twice this year alone. I know everyone has been complaining about the ride being a little bit rough of late but nothing compared to the difference in comfort we saw between January and September. In just a few, in a few short months, we both noticed a difference in how much uh, we were being thrown about, not to mention uh, that some of the lights on the ride were not working for our first three days in the park, definitely due for some TLC. Yeah, I would definitely agree with Sandra's comments there. So would I. Because uh, I went uh, on Space Mountain in March of this year, and then in May, just myself, and noticing the difference... Uh, of the ride quality as well. Um, it definitely is due the much-needed TLC, as Sandra nicely put it. I think that's quite a nice way to put it, actually. I mean, if we're going to do an update, to be honest, I, as I think we said earlier, we'd both like something really major. But TLC, definitely. Because, yeah, like with anything else in the parks, uh, the buildings, the show buildings, the attractions, uh, the restaurants, uh, a lot of fans, especially hardcore ones, obviously we want to see money being invested in new rides. But to keep people coming back, spending money on the park, um, I think they've got to speculate to accumulate a lot of them and actually spend a lot of money making sure that everything's as good a quality as it was when the park first opened. Definitely. Um, I this, think that's very accurate. This, this isn't mentioning uh, Walt Disney Studios either, where obviously they need a slightly different pot of money to do different work on there, but cause it's never been the best theming. But we we're not talking about that park today. But you know I think I mean. we'll do a whole episode on that. You know, we'll do a whole year on that, <laughs> I think. So, um, right, I've got another one. Uh, this one is an email is uh, from Isaac Pevy. Hopefully I've pronounced your surname correctly. It says, Hi guys, firstly, thoroughly enjoyed the first podcast. Always good to have more DLP content for the hours I spend commuting every week. Uh, great sound quality as well. And it's oh, fantastic. Well, look, we've just done you another couple of hours <laughs> by accident. I think this was meant to be like 20 minutes, but bite size, forget about it. Yeah, I hope you got stuck in traffic. Uh, if you <laughs> or if it's, on the tr- if it's on the tube or if it's on the train, let's hope there's a bit delay because you're going to be in, you're going to need to spend about two hours to listen to this podcast probably by the time <laughs> we finish. Um, he does say that he's very fussy about sound quality. Uh, and that was something personally I was worried about. Um, because obviously when I listen to a lot of podcasts about Disneyland Paris and other um, subjects, probably technology and teaching, and it's always the quality, especially in the first few podcasts. Um, it, obviously, it matters what the hosts are talking about, but if, if it sounds like a little tin or it sounds echoey or the connection's not very good if you've got a couple of people, it's always the first thing that makes me turn off a podcast. Uh, so to be praised for the sound quality, even if that's the only thing that we're getting right so far in the first few podcasts. <laughs> That's basically the first box ticked. Because obviously, yeah, as, as we go along, 
our understanding of how to present the podcast will improve as we go along. Um, anyway, it says about Space Mountain. It's in his top three rides at Disneyland Paris, without a doubt. Good the call. O- the others being Big Thunder Mountain and Peter, Good call. Peter Pan is his favourite okay. one. Yeah, actually, a very popular one wouldn't make my top three, but yeah, not not bad choices. Yeah, would it, would it make a I like the way you think, Isaac. Wouldn't make my top three, uh, Peter Pan, but yeah, it's definitely one of those rides that I need to do every time I visit, just because of again the well how historic it is and the the technology that's in there. Very similar to uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm. Um, I think we're going to need a we're going to need another podcast on Peter Pan. Yeah, we'll add that to the list. Um. It says it just has that Disney magic that you don't seem to get anywhere else. Ah, oh, Isaac, you've definitely hit on something there. It's I don't, and maybe it's the show building, the canon, I don't know. But even Mission 2, which lacks some of the things that we've talked about today, it still does have that magic, you're right. Uh, you, well, you said there about the show building, and, and you mentioned before about it being so compact and everything wedged into this space mountain shape. Um, you just don't see that anywhere else, do you? No. Um, probably even on other attractions in Disneyland Paris itself, because even with Phantom Manor, you've got the really nice show building at the big at the front. But then that goes in. Obviously, it needs the space because it won't all fit in. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> but you've got obviously as a fan, you know that it's there's another big, well, not warehouse, but a really big square building with the rest of the attraction yeah. in. And same with you mentioned uh, Rock and Roller Coaster featuring Aerosmith. Um, You've got a big show building there at the back, which you don't really... Again, it, it lacks... Uh, rock, uh, rock and Roller Coaster lacks something for me. The ride itself I really like, but the theming on the outside, that's just a complete turn-off. Um, yeah. So, in uh, case you're sat here, by the way, thinking, what are they on about? Um, most show buildings in Disneyland are just facades. It's, it's actually quite rare to have the attraction inside the building. Generally, it's miles behind the building. Like Nautilus. Yeah, I, I can remember going on that as a kid. You go down the spiral staircase, sort of disorientates you a little bit. You go, "Oh, I'm inside the submarine." No, you're the you're the other side. You're you're inland. I'm afraid. I'm sorry to ruin that. Oh no! <laughs> it was like I tell you what. Well, I found out it was genuinely like, my God, Santa isn't real. It. I think it it's on the exact same level. It's definitely on the same level as that. And I hope we've got no. We we'll have to put we we'll have to put a note in the uh, on the website now saying, "Do not listen to this if you still believe in Santa Claus." This is true. Although, um, if you put still believe, it might be a giveaway. Oh, wait a minute, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to put a not suitable for under 15 or something like that. How old are people nowadays when they stop believing in Santa Claus? They're like three, Andrew. Oh, well. Kids these days, they grow up so fast. I don't get it. <laughs> but yeah, if anyone is listening and you're under the age of six or seven, um, yeah, Santa Claus does exist. Simon was telling lies. Yeah, um, <laughs> perfectly real. I'm an elf, by the way. Don't mention Christmas too many times, though, because I know Steve Riley from Dedicated to DLP absolutely loves Christmas. Um, I'm sure uh, once Halloween's out the way, he'll definitely be on the Christmas bandwagon. Um, so we might get a tweet about that at some later, a later date, telling us that Santa Claus definitely is real. Definitely real. Um, the sh- yeah, the show building, the magic, it just... Because it's, one, like we say, one of... Apart from, like, standalone attractions like the carousel and... Uh, Dumbo and stuff like that. It's definitely one of those attractions because it all fits in the building. You can walk all the way around and you know. And I st- Well, even today, even though I know the laws of physics and I know how design works, I still can't believe that that really big attraction is inside Space Mountain. Because it's still, even though it's, I know it's a big building, it still doesn't look as big as you think it should be. And it's it's the same when you look at something like 
Tower of Terror. You know that you know the show building is actually the building. You know you know that you're actually going up in an elevator. You know it's not some sort of trick going on here. You know it's the same as Big Thunder Mountain. You know that there genuinely is a lake there with a paddle steamer going around it, and yet they've tunneled underneath it just for the sake of a roller coaster. It's yeah. that it's that bit of magic. That really they went to the extra mile to do that. That's insane. I love it. And that's what Isaac was saying about the Disney magic. And, you and don't... Isaac is completely right. Lots of gold stars for Isaac. Um, he also says, I know people complain a lot about how uncomfortable it is, um, yep. but uh, this is where I got it from. But to me, that's part of the charm, although I'd wish they'd fix the speakers, he's put in brackets. Um, I'm not sure an actual ride through space would be silky smooth, but that's just me. I know I'm in the minority. Oh, no, no, no. I think we'll uh, we'll sit with Isaac in this minority. Yeah, I think I would definitely... Um, it's a shame they haven't got three seats in for each row, because um, we'd all be on the same row on Space Oh, oh that was a good one. Well done. <laughs> Hats off. At, at the back or at the front? <laughs> As a question, actually, have you ever been on any of the rides with music when the music's not been working? Um it's funny you mention this. It's not Space Mountain, and I'll probably mention this again if we ever do a um, uh, Aerosmith. Let's see, I call is it, it Rock and Roller Coaster. Rock and Roller Coaster, yeah. yeah. Um, I was on Rock and Roller Coaster again. This was probably 2003, so it was my first ride. Probably, well, it must have been the second or third to go on the uh, attraction. But um, dude looked like a lady was playing, and all of a sudden, it just went silent. All you could hear was people screaming and the roller coaster just mood doing its stuff. So then I thought, wait a minute, there used to be music, so I started si- I started singing the words really <laughs> loud, and look, well, I, I, I wouldn't have done it if it was only me and a couple of other people, but the whole train was just all of my friends from school, so I, I was at the back, and we just started singing, yeah, dude, looks like a lady, and um, <laughs> at the end, everyone would just give me a big round of applause, and I think everybody, oh, everybody at the exit was, all the cast members, what is going on? Um, but yeah, it's only happened a couple of times, um, yeah. um, so I've, I've been quite lucky. Last time, last time I was in the park, I only went on Rock Roller Coaster one time because we went on. Uh, it's got that fantastic launch sequence, and you get shot down the tunnel, and then the music wasn't working. I don't know whether that was the train or the ride, whatever. But it just uh, well, a roller coaster that's supposed to have music without music is it, it's dead. I mean, to be honest, the theming once you're on Rock and Roller Coaster is pretty lackluster anyway. But just the, without the music. I mean, I, I'm, luckily, I've never been on Space Mountain when the music's not been working, but I just can't imagine what it would be like if, if there was no music. It would, you know, it would be a soulless ride completely. Yeah, it, well, it, even though you're still going through the same like physical um, movements and G-forces and stuff like that, when when I was on um, Rock and Roller Coaster without any music, it's like it's kind of like you're just sitting there. You're, you're looking around as if to say, surely something should be happening here. Yes, you, you don't that's. F- you don't feel like you're moving, even though you are, and you obviously do feel it. You kind of fit that. You sit there thinking, hmm, should I be here? <laughs> yeah, no, actually, that's a really, really good way of putting it. I haven't been able to put that into words, but you just did. That's No, that's exactly how it feels. Yes, there's a brownie point for me. Bing, 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 gold stars <laughs> all around. Um, I believe we've got a message on Facebook. We have DLRP Roundup, another one of our... Friends, yeah, uh, give them a... he says, brilliant ride, most advanced of all the Space Mountains. Very true, as we addressed earlier. Visually the most appealing and definitely the richest in story. Now, I would agree with you for the original baseline, but Mission 2 may be a little bit, although 
uh, DLRP Roundup, you'll have to get back to me. Do you mean in comparison to other roller coasters in general, other attractions, or do you mean other space mountains around the world? Because, I mean, I've been on the one in Florida, um, and certainly that definitely doesn't have anywhere near the level of story, so that might be what you're getting at there. Um, personally, I can't wait for another rebrand, a change of train, definitely a sort of ride that subtle tweaks and changes can deliver a new experience time and time again. I disagree the last bit. I like major tweaks, but that's just me being fussy. <laughs> if we were to have major tweaks all the time on every single attraction, I'm sure we would start complaining. We, we would probably tweak. would. Because uh, I know... Where's the continuity, we'd say? <laughs> it all, there's also like a cut-off, isn't there? Like, and it, I don't think anyone knows where the cut-off point is because if they went to Pirates of the Caribbean, for example, um, and a lot of fans are really happy that we still haven't got the Jack Sparrow animatronic Second. Um, because they don't want the changes to happen and they want it to be original. Do we then say, obviously Space Mountain has changed and we're on mission two and there's rumours obviously we've just been discussing about the future changes. Where do we cut, the, where does the cut off point? Do we go to Peter Pan and say, well we're going to refurbish Peter Pan, same storyline, we're going to add some new technology to people's, what should, should we say, no, we want to leave it as it is? I think we need to decide as Disneyland Paris fans is there, is there actual is there, is there a physical cut off point where we say this is a true um, original attraction we leave that alone and this one's okay we can keep adding stuff to this one that's a really good point In uh, if you go on the website you go back to my rumour mill article for August there was a big rumour going on then saying that Phantom Manor was going to change and the story was going to be changed and apparently we weren't going to like it um that everyone went crazy in the fan community about this idea that such a classic attraction could be altered. Um, and that's that's really the same point here. There's something about a classic Disney attraction that we love, that we want to keep. And yet, though, you have to look at... I mean, our Space Mountain is very different to all the other Space Mountains in the world. They all have the sort of the more modern theme with a white domed... Build, not domed building, a white... Uh, sort of quite curved building. We've got this crazy steampunk construction in the middle. Yeah. And yet it's it's different to the classic, but we respect it as a classic hugely. It's difficult. I don't I don't know where you draw the line. It's definitely one to get us thinking and um, because like you're saying about Phantom Manor, um, do we just up the technology? Do we improve the technology and do we keep? Uh, the storyline the same or do we change the storyline and that means we need to add more um, like scenes and different technology um, so again I, I, I'm arguing with myself because on one hand I'm saying I love Disneyland Paris as it is I would like to see new attractions but I would like to see every time I go on Phantom Manor every time I go on Space Mountain I want it to be the same because that's what I love that's what I go for but then the technology part of me and the wanting to see all this new technology and big investment in the parks and the rides. I want to see changing, not every single year, but every five years, every ten years, something new to look forward to, give us something to talk about. I think I think you're right. I'd agree with that. Def I mean, maybe not a change in story, because, I mean, actually, when they changed uh, the original Space Mountain to Mission 2, no one really liked the change in that story, is, that actually. That's true, that's true. Um, but... I think, I mean, if you go back to, you know, the original start of Disneyland with Walt Disney, 
I don't think he would have at that point said, right, we're going to crystallize it right here. We're going to keep it as it is and we're never going to change it. You know, if you look at California, if you look at Florida, which I mean, I would say really are the two, they are the two home parks for Disneyland. They are the main big deal ones. They change them all the time. They're constantly updating the rides. And I, I think that is personally for me, I think that's the way to go to keep up with the new technology, to make sure everything looks fresh. I mean, we've just briefly spoken about Phantom Manor. Come on, some of the animatronics there really need a looking at. They definitely um, do, definitely do. So, yeah, maybe some subtle tweaks here and there, but I think if we're going to, this time around, if we're going to change Space Mountain, let's change it. Let's really go for it and let's have something new. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I think we need to, if, even if we keep the heart, like even if it's, if we say we keep the heart of the attraction, which could be the storyline or it could be its major, major feature that everyone knows it for, and then you kind of add around it to improve that core of the attraction. Yeah. If you get what I mean. Definitely. So, you know, this is good. We've had we've had four listener inputs. Have we had four yet? Yeah, it's been four yet. We've done our four, and actually I think we've agreed with all of them. We've agreed with Sandra, we've agreed with DLRP Roundup, we've agreed with Isaac, and we've agreed with uh, Northern Ireland DLP. Yep. You guys are some great listeners. Yeah, we've definitely got uh, some great people listening. Um, yeah, it's available on iTunes and on Stitcher, and I've, I've uploaded it to YouTube as well now. So if there's anybody who can't access um, smartphone technology or download podcasts, we can view it on YouTube as well. So we've, I'm looking for people to comment on the video at any point. So if anyone's listening on YouTube, uh, leave us a comment. If you're on Twitter, leave us a comment on there as well. Um, is there anything else we need to do to wrap up today's show, Simon? I feel like we should talk about Space Mountain, to be honest. I don't think we've done that much today. But um, No, no, no. I think I think maybe now it's time to draw this one to a close. Yeah, to, to wrap it all up, to conclude our podcast of Space Mountain, um, it's had a really big, rich history. And I really, looking into it and seeing what's available on the internet and what people have done, dedicated websites and fans on the, the attraction, there's a lot of dedicated websites, actually. When I was doing the research for this, I couldn't believe how many people had just taken the time to indulge this attraction. And that, that just shows how important this attraction is. It definitely does. The focus of the next episode of the Magical Disneyland Paris podcast will be decided by you, the listener. Should we discuss Phantom Manor or would you like us to talk about Pirates of the Caribbean? Uh, visit our website, www.magicaldlp.co.uk, to vote. There will be a big banner. The first article that you'll see will be our vote. Do you want it to be Phantom Manor, or do you want it to be Pirates of the Caribbean? We also want your opinions on both attractions, depending on which one we decide. So what do you love, what do you not like, and how could uh, Disneyland Paris improve that attraction? Email us at podcast at magicaldlp.co.uk. Message us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube or comment on our website at magicaldlp.co.uk. We will re- reveal the winner in our next episode. Like I mentioned, while we're at it, actually, sorry to butt no, in on okay. your lovely finishing piece. Um, <laughs> the four people who've sent in their opinions today, that's been fantastic. So the more people that we can get with your opinions and discussing them and having this sort of conversation, not just with me and Andrew, but with you guys as listeners, that's fantastic. I'd love to do even more of it. So please do comment. Um, with your thoughts and opinions and we'll we'll have a good debate it's kind of topic Disneyland Paris where it's what everyone else thinks that's important rather than just me and you Simon so yeah. to get feedback from listeners and 
uh, we can then say whether we agree or we disagree or add in extra in, any extra information. That's what we like. So don't forget, email us at podcast at magicaldlp.co.uk. Message us on Twitter, Facebook, and like I said, our website, magicaldlp.co.uk. Um, just before we, we leave, uh, like I mentioned before, we are now on Stitcher. If you've never listened to Stitcher Radio before, uh, we're also on iTunes if you search for Disneyland Paris. If you like what we're doing, please leave us a five-star review. We've already got one in Ireland, so if you could make sure <laughs> you... Uh, if you're in the UK, mainland uh, Britain, if you could leave us um, feedback, some reviews on there, that would be amazing. Or indeed, if you're anywhere else in the world, like Azerbaijan, for instance, just give us five stars. Give us five stars all the way, and leave us a comment, and we'll make sure we mention it on the next podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us uh, for episode two of Magical Disneyland Paris. Until next time, it's bye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye.